Raise your hand, let me know you're awake this morning. All right, I see a few of you waving out there. Y'all ready to worship with us? Is anybody ready to worship with us? All right, I hear you. Come on, let's worship the King. We're invited. I'm invited into freedom, forgiven, whiter than the snow. And there's a living fountain I know where grace and mercy overflow. Love has come to set me free. I've got this joy inside of me. All my delight.
Oh, man, Romans 15, 13, it's a good verse for this morning. I want to read it to you. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Do you trust him this morning? Come on, let's give him some praise in this house one more time. Lord, we love you. We honor you. You can go ahead and grab a seat in God's presence. And we just want to say welcome. We want to say welcome. My name is Will Caesar. I'm the youth pastor here, along with my wife, Lindsay. And it's an honor to be before you today. And uh, we just want to have a, uh, extend a special welcome to our guests, whether in person or watching online. Can you give it up for our guests this morning? Welcome. And again, whether you're here or in line or maybe online or maybe you've been here for a few times and you just haven't gotten connected yet, we want to invite you to do so. You can text D1TEXT to 84576 or you can grab the connect card from the seat pocket in front of you. Please fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having. As Pastor Mark said last Sunday, uh, we're not going to blow your phone up. We're not going to send you a thousand pieces of mail. But we do want to invite you to meet us in our guest reception at the end of service. It'll be on my left, your right, uh, as of right now. But when you exit into the lobby, it'll say guest reception. Some of our pastors and our leadership team would love to meet you. So we encourage you to do that. And here's the thing. Some of you, if you still want a way of anonymity, you're like, I don't want to meet anybody yet. We would still love for you to fill out that Connect card, drop it in one of our giving boxes. But Dothan first, can we welcome our guests one more time this morning? Welcome. Speaking of next steps, we want to invite you to uh, be signing up for some things that we have in the lobby. One of them is Life Group hosts. Somebody say Life Groups. We believe you grow in relationships, not, not only just with each other, but you grow closer to God in relationships with people. So we would encourage you to sign up for life group hosts. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been prompting you to lead your own life group. We encourage you to do that. There's a number of ways that you, that you can do that. So please sign up in the lobby. Also, we have our Awaken Conference, our, our Sisterhood Conference going on. Come on, ladies, give it up. It's going to be an exciting time for you. And we're going to spend a moment on that because I want you, if you're a lady in the house and you haven't got registered yet, please pull out your device, uh, scan that QR code. In fact, if you've already signed up, scan that QR code and go ahead and send that link to somebody else and tell them that they don't need to miss this. Right now it's $45, but we encourage you to sign up for that. There's also a sisterhood booth out in the lobby as well. It's going to be a great time for our ladies to gather together around a time of word and worship and fellowship. It's going to be a great time. So please do not miss this. Fellas, can we get up for the ladies in the house, please? It's going to be exciting. Also, next Sunday we have Reggie Dabbs, a world-renowned speaker. He's spoken to millions of people across the globe, not just the nation, across the world. And we want to invite you to be here. Uh, students, we're going to ask that you get your face in the place. You pack this place out. Uh, but I encourage you to be here because uh, Reggie's a great communicator. He's super gifted. And he's also a friend of the Benson, so please be here. But also, that Monday after next Sunday, he will be in some of our local schools doing school assemblies. So again, we encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, it's going to be a great day, but he's coming here first because we get the best here. Amen? But uh, today's a good day. How many are glad and thankful that the Lord has blessed you? You're glad that God has blessed you. Well, now is a time where we get to give and how God has blessed us. We want to use this time of generosity and worship to honor him with what he's given us. 
on the screen, you'll see that there are five ways to give, and we would encourage you to participate in that because it truly is an act of worship. And because God is so generous, we just want to, we want to continue to extend that level of generosity to continue to be a part of all the things that we do here in this house. So we encourage you to uh, utilize that. And right before I pray, uh, I just want to remind you that uh, generosity not, not only is part of a characteristic of God, but it can be said that way of us. And I know that you are generous people, and I thank you for your generosity. So uh, before I pray, I also want to remind you of one other thing. As soon as uh, uh, we get done at this time of generosity, there's going to be a video that plays about freedom groups. And I want to invite you to uh, sign up for freedom groups for this reason in particular. This is where you get to be generous with your time. Because I don't know, matter of fact, let's do this. How many of you have already done freedom? Just raise your hand up at me. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Freedom is powerful. It's a great thing. It's a great curriculum that I want to encourage you to go through. That video is going to tell you more about it. But not only let's be generous with our, our finances and what God has given us, let's be generous with our time and our faith to help other people walk in the freedom that God wants to give us. Amen. Let's pray over our time to giving together. Father, thank you so, so much for every good gift you give us. Your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So, Father, as we continue this part of our service in this continued act of worship, we ask that you be with us. We want to honor you. We're going to give you glory for it. Father, we give with, with gladness in our hearts because you've been so generous with, to us. Father, we love you, and we ask that you do something special today. And everybody said amen. Go ahead and turn your attentions to the screen. Hey Dothan First family, we have something so incredible coming up. We are launching into freedom. That's right. Freedom Life Groups, which is designed to help you walk out your life victoriously and live an abundant life that Christ called you to. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. It is biblically based and it's going to help you really connect to the personal connection you need to have with God, your creator, and who you're called to become. That's right. This small group will help you identify those obstacles that are keeping you from being intimate with the Lord and growing in your walk with Him. So join us as we jump into freedom. Freedom taught me how to let go and let God. It was great. The Freedom Group Bible Study helped me to surrender every part of my life while showing me the unconditional love of Christ. Freedom will dig up some of those dead, spiritual, rotting, cancerous roots and prepare you for spiritual battle and victory like you would not believe. Freedom is just what it is. It's freedom. And I love this study because I get to do some deep work in myself and with others. Freedom showed me how important my thoughts and words are. His word is living and it changes me and makes me free. Freedom is the most life-changing study that I have ever done. Freedom taught me how to stop doing church and how to walk in a deep, authentic relationship with God. The Freedom Study allows us to take a look at some of the core beliefs that we have about God and ourselves, and that really gives us the opportunity to change everything. It was such a joy to experience the camaraderie of women who have found freedom in Jesus. Freedom Group made me want to read the Bible and know the living God more because of how much He loves me. Freedom led me to finding true peace over my past. This is something I have been searching for since I first said yes to Jesus. The Freedom Group will stir up purpose within you 
and empower you to walk out your God-given destiny. Amen. Amen. So I want to make sure that each one of you get the chance to sign up for freedom. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be an amazing opportunity. Well, listen, I want to take to you a few matters of prayer that I think are really going to be important uh, as, as not just a church, but really in our nation. Because uh, one of which is that, and all of you that have watched the news, you've seen the, the horrifying things that have been taking place in Maui. And um, we want to pray. It's one of the uh, nation's most uh, deadly wildfires here in, in modern U.S. history. And I think last count was about 115 have died in those tragic fires. Uh, there are still that are missing. And um, there's a lot of broken people that, that need our prayer support. I want to let you know that thanks to your generosity in giving, that we already have a team from Convoy of Hope that are on the ground representing you and the Lord right there in Maui, taking care of the physical needs of those that have walked through this devastation. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for your faithfulness in giving to this house, giving to missions so that we can make a difference. Listen, <clears throat> we're building the kingdom of God. And through kingdom builders in missions, we're making a difference around the world. And and so we need to continue to lift our brothers and sisters in Maui up in prayer. And as well, we've got a team that's preparing to leave this week to head to Poland. We've got a special missions trip. As a matter of fact, all those that are part of our Poland missions trip that's leaving this week, would you come forward at this time? Just stand across the front right here. We want to honor you, pray for you. Come on, let's give it up for all those who are heading out this week. They're going to be helping to build a training center there in Poland uh, for church planting. Yeah, come on right out, uh, everybody toward the center a little. But uh, what we want to do is we want to release them to the Lord's work. And as we pray over them, they're trying to get the center. They're like, where's the center? You better know where the center is when it comes to putting blocks together on this training center. Okay. Listen, this, this training center to, to plant churches is literally going to touch not just Poland, but that entire region. And churches are going to be planted in the name of Jesus Christ. And ministers are going to be trained up in how to do it because of these who are standing before you right here. And so we're going to send them off with a blessing. How many believe in sending with a blessing? Come on. Yes. Amen. Amen. Would you just stretch your hands out toward them as we pray, just like you're kind of standing next to them. Lord Jesus, we pray over each one of these team members. And God, <clears throat> as they prepare to make the journey, Lord, to make a difference, I pray that the, Lord, the journey would reap not only benefits eternally uh, through the, the, the church planting effort and the training center there in Poland, but I pray exponential blessing be bestowed back on each one of these who are willing to take the time out of their daily schedule to take the money that they've uh, earned to be able to support the trip and the efforts that are taking place. Lord Jesus, I pray for divine assignments, divine appointments. God, I pray beyond the building that there be opportunities where they'd be able to speak a word in season that would be uh, prophetic and encouraging and Lord words of exhortation that would just flow out of their mouth to those who are hurting and in need and 
desperate longing to be able to do the work of the king and lord we value these amazing saints of god that are standing before us and we pray not only would you send them there safely but bring them back safely in jesus precious and holy name we pray it all and everybody said amen 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 you guys can go ahead and be seated come on let's give it up one more time for them <clears throat> thank you for your willingness to go you're representing the lord of course you're representing your faith and what you're extending but you're also representing us here at dothan first and we say thank you and um, if you want to be part of that missions sending effort in kingdom building whether it's to help those that are suffering in maui and convoy of hope and the team that's there or those that are heading to poland and helping with the training center there uh, or, or missions literally around the world you can do that through our kingdom builders and uh, that's our mission support and you can do that every week <clears throat> as a matter of fact I'd encourage you to do that to set aside amounts to be able to help reach the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ there's over 60 uh, different missionaries that we support every single month because of your generosity and they can't thank you enough we can't thank you enough for your partnership to build the kingdom of God and speaking of uh, building the kingdom of God and sending uh, one of the things that we love to do is receive often it's hard to give <clears throat> but the Bible says it's better to give than to receive and part of our giving isn't just our monetary resources sometimes it's the sending of people that we love and uh, there's an amazing couple that God called here to Dothan first six years ago and Adam and Andy uh, Sullivan they've made an amazing investment in this house over these past six years and you know the Bible says <clears throat> it talks about that um, you know the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and we've just learned through the years yeah come on give it up for Adam and Andy pastor Adam I love you I love you buddy but I want to explain to you this, this transition process. They, they were not seeking out anything. The Lord literally opened up the windows of, of heaven for them in a moment that was very important. Um, God just opened and revealed something to them. Now, some of the things you may not know about Pastor Adam is that not only is he amazing, gifted uh, pastor and worship leader, but he's also a master electrician. And so uh, I'm pretty sure that there, you had your hands on every single light fixture in this entire campus, outside, inside, every bit of it. it, is, it I mean, you look around, much of what you see here is literally Adam's had his hands on all those things. And I can't thank you enough, such a hard worker and such a, a gifted minister. And the heart of worship that you sow into this house week in and week out but with Andy being a professional counselor, you know she uh, is a Christian counselor. Many of you know that. And uh, she is her, the hub of that Christian, Christian counseling center is based out of Huntsville. She has to take trips back and forth. They have both their uh, parents, even though they came to us from California, they have family, both of them uh, living there that are getting older both, uh, and, and uh, need sons and daughters to assist them. That's our first ministry is our family. But secondarily, God opened a doorway uh, for him to go back into what I'd call marketplace ministry 
to reach the lost in the business community. He's had a huge heart for the business community. And now the Lord's literally turned a key and opened a doorway for him to have that master electrician business where everything is already set up in line. He doesn't have to do anything hardly but show up. I mean, and, and I know you're going to do a lot to get it ready, but we they came to us and we prayed together. And friends, I'll tell you, as bittersweet as it was, the bitter side was we love them so much. We've had relationship with them for years. We trust them. We value them. But you know when you sense the peace of God on something? You, it, it's like if my children came to me and, and said, Dad, I feel called to after high school to go to college or go to a trade school or go into a particular profession. I wouldn't be stomping my feet going, you can never move out of my house. No, I'd say, hey, obey God. Two words to my kids, if I could say it over and over again, and to every pastor, every leader, and to each one of you. If God speaks, obey God. Whatever he's saying for you to do, obey God. Can you say that with me? Obey God. And that's exactly what they're doing. Now, I want you to know transitional processing here because uh, they're going to need to sell their home. And uh, that takes a little bit of time. We're believing and praying that God would make that transition smooth and we'll be praying to that end. They're not leaving today, okay? We got about five more Sundays with them, but on the last Sunday in September, the 24th of September, we're gonna be sending them off with a blessing, with prayer, with a card shower. Uh, we just wanna bless them for the six years of faithful ministry that they've sown into us here. And, and I want you to know, and Adam would want you to know this too, is that, uh, He's not leaving us in incapable hands. He's leaving us in incredibly capable hands uh, because Pastor Hayden, who is a, a daughter of this house, not only grew up here, went off to school to be trained in worship and creative arts. And she's going to be taking on that role as pastor of worship and creative arts. She has the highest level of of uh, credential you can receive pastorally in the assemblies of God. She's an ordained minister and uh, God's gifted her, anointed her, and she's going to be taking on that role. So we're going to be praying for her in the process of transition. Thank you, Pastor Hayden, for all that you do. We love you and we're so honored to have you. And her to-be husband is standing next to her. So she's walking through a couple of transitions. Uh, so be in prayer as well for her. Can you extend your hand toward Pastor Adam and, uh, and, and as we cover them, their family, and all that God's doing in their lives, let's cover that in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for Pastor Adam. And Lord, we thank you for Pastor Andy and for their family. God, I just speak blessing over them. Extend your grace, the grace you that, that you called them here. Lord, the same call that they followed obediently to leave California and come here is the same God with the same call sending them away to another field of harvest. And Lord, I pray you'd make those fields of harvest ripe and ready and receptive. Lord, I pray that he would win more people to Christ in this next season than he ever has up to this point. I pray he'd be a blessing to, uh, to both their extended families and their parents, uh, with Adam and Andy's parents. Lord, I also pray for the children, that you'll do something strategic in their lives through this process of transition to learn how to obey God, listen to his voice, and trust him. Lord, I also thank you for what you're doing in this house. 
And Lord, I pray over Pastor Hayden as she takes on additional responsibilities that, Lord, not only would you expand her capacity, we thank you for her giftedness and her calling, but Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of transition, you'll continue to grow worship ministry to not just be a platform experience, but truly a lifestyle. We thank you for that in Jesus' precious and holy name. We pray it all. Amen. 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 Hey, I love you, Pastor Adam. Can you one more time give it up for him? We love you. Love you so much. Well, listen, today we, we believe that God's going to do great things in you. And we've said a lot of prayers over a lot of things, but you may need prayer today. And I'm going to invite our elders, your elders, really, if you'd make your way toward the various stations of prayer there in the back by the exit sign over here, the exit sign in the back there and up in the balcony. And they'll be waiting on you during the, the next few songs of worship that you might just uh, receive something strategic from the Lord today. Maybe it's a healing miracle that you need in your physical body. Maybe it's a financial miracle you need, or maybe for some of you, it's a relationship issue, which we'll be talking about relationship today and how God's wanting to define it and bring it closer together. But whatever your need is today, can I just tell you, God is a miraculous provider. His, the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and healing and miracles is, are still part of God's divine plan for us right here right now and I want you to extend your faith that as we stand up together in worship that you can slip out from where you're at go back and receive prayer from your elders today could we stand up and let's worship the king together let's worship him
worship you, Jesus. We exalt you as the only one worthy of all of our praise. The name above all names, the name at whom every knee will bow and every tongue confess, you alone are Lord. So we do that today, Lord, in our hearts. We bow in worship to you. We exalt you, Jesus. We proclaim that you are Lord, you are King. There is nothing, Lord, that can compare. There is no power that can come against you. You are Lord of all, and we bless you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody love Jesus in this house today? Come on, put your hands together. And listen, put your hands together for those watching online right now. Hey, God bless you. We love you. And let me just say a special welcome if you're joining with us for the first time online today. Man, we are so thankful and honored that you chose to worship God with us here today. And listen, if you're in the Dothan area, I want you to know there's no place like home and worshiping in the house of God. So come and join us. Be a part of what God's doing here at Dothan First. And welcome to all of our first-time guests in the house today. We are so glad you're here. Come on, one more time. Give it up for them. Welcome. Man, we're so glad you're here. Well, go ahead. Grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am. What God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word. I'll receive God's word. And I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking about relationships. It's going to affect you today. Just let him know. <laughs> it's going to affect you turn to if you would please ecclesiastes chapter 4 we've been talking about relationships and we've been in this series called healthy habits specifically we're talking about today relationship checkups we want a relationship checkup and you know when you go in for a health checkup what they do the doctor's office will often go through a series of tests questions blood work if they can't figure out what's wrong they'll do a body scan a CT scan they'll do whatever they can to make sure that those areas that are being affected are resolved they're taken care of and they're healed and today that's exactly what I want to do I want Dr. Jesus to come into the house right and I want him to go across this room and begin to scan your hearts and your minds your eyes and your ears and your mouth your heart, your hands, and your feet. I want the Lord to come in and begin to speak to your heart that, that he might help you break down the walls and the barriers that have been affected negatively in your relationships. And in this series, I, I began to think about which relationships I, sh I should cover. You know, should I do a marriage topic or should I cover parent-child relationships and parenting? Should I talk about friendships or coworkers? And I just felt like I'm supposed to hit all of them today. 
And as I go through this process, I, I want you to take evaluation. There may be people in this room right now that have had major issues with a family member, a friend, a coworker, a boss, and, and, uh, and maybe a, a child relationship or a spouse. And for you today, I want you to take inventory. I know you've been hurt. And listen, when we get hurt, we build walls. And I don't want us to take those walls and keep them to, to, to keep ourselves distanced from everybody else. And what happens over time is you find that humans are imperfect. They make wrong choices. They say things that are hurtful or discouraging or disparaging. And over time, that erodes our trust in relationships at all to the point that at times people just shut it down and say, you know what? I'm not going to open up myself in vulnerability to relationships at all. I'll keep it quiet with my spouse. I'll keep quiet with my kids. I'll keep quiet with my coworkers. I'm just going to meander my way through life. But let me just tell you, God's design for you is that you were wired for relationships. God does not want you to be alone. When God saw Adam in the garden in this beautiful place, listen, he had God, he had the Garden of Eden, right? This first man created named Adam had all that life would have to offer except a helpmate suitable, someone who could come alongside him. And God looked and said, this isn't good. Out of all the things that were good, he, he, on the seven days of creation, this is good and this is good and this is good and this is good. And he gets all the way to that, that moment where he's creating man and he says, Something just isn't quite good enough. I don't want him to be alone. I don't want him to be lonely. And friends, let me tell you, let me look in your eyes and say this. I don't want you to be lonely. If God hates loneliness, how much more should we as believers hate loneliness to the point that we work at building relationships and friends, if you've been hurt in, for example, a church, it makes it even harder because then it's like, well, these people that represented God did something wrong. Well, let me tell you something about church life is we are humans and humans can make mistakes. And if someone did wound you or hurt you in that way in any church setting, either this church or another church, let me, on behalf of a, a, a leader who did you wrong, I apologize on behalf of those who hurt you. You may never get that apology from them, but let it be from another leader that God wants you in relationships. Don't give up. We were wired for it. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, number four. And by the way, I do want you to uh, take these action steps of the Bible that we talk about today and apply them to your daily life. But here it is. Ecclesiastes 4, and we went over this last week, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Here it is, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls, here it is, alone, everybody say alone, is in real trouble, real trouble. The Bible talks about uh, these body parts of ours and uses them as symbolism for the body of Christ, that as the church, we're members of one body, the body of Christ, but that we all play unique roles. And he says, you know, for example, you can't, and I'll, I'll give my own spin on it, you can't have the hand say to the foot, I don't need you because the hand can only extend this far. The foot's got to take you there. And so each one of us plays a unique role. 
And look, I mean, I don't know what unique part of the body you represent symbolically in the body of Christ. If you're an ear, you're an eye. You might be the bunion of the body of Christ. Like, I, I don't know what your particular role is. But in symbolism, what I did was I began to explain to you last week how these different body parts can affect our relationships. So let's talk about it very quickly in review. I won't re-preach last week's message, but if you missed it, you can go back online, check that out, and you'll be caught up to speed. So here's a quick review. First of all, we talked about the mind, that God gave us a mind that we might be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we could have the mind of Christ. And here's where we find that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind, everybody say this mind. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He wants to give you a partnership mindset that you're not going to do this alone. We move down to the eyes, and God gave us eyes that could see what could be. Not just to see in the natural those flaws and problems, but that we might see potential. Matthew chapter 6 outlined that in verses 22 and 23. It says, your eyes like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, everybody say healthy, <laughs> then the whole body is filled with light. But if, if the eye is, here it is, unhealthy, everybody say unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. So what he's saying is, can you see what can be? Look, a lot of us in relationships, we, we close our eyes to those things that could be. We see the negative. We see the problems. We see the pain. We see people's flaws and issues, but we don't look past the flaws to see what could be. We don't look past the problem. It's almost like there's blinders on our eyes, you know, like a horse and carriage. If you've ever seen a horse that uh, is carrying a carriage behind it, they have these little things called blinders and they can't see the peripheral. They can only see what's directly in front of them. And for some of you in this room, all you can see is the problem in your partner. All you can see is the pain that they've caused. You can't see the potential of what's inside of them or what can be, and that will be what causes hope to arise and for what has eroded in the relationship to be restored and rebuilt. It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to point out what's wrong in relationships, and don't misunderstand because I, I do believe that uh, people that love you should have access to honest evaluation, but people often define their relationships by their problems, not their potential. And by the way, we should point out the good. Deep relations, relationships call out what's inside of people, what they see beyond what is on the surface. Listen, for you parents, and I'll talk more about this in a minute, but as kids are growing up in your home, can you see what can be in them? Can you recognize, uh, yeah, they just did re something really stupid, right? And now they're in trouble. You, you know, you had to discipline them. Okay, that's normal child behavior. It's likely to happen. You as a parent make mistakes. Children are going to make mistakes. It's part of our nature, right? They're learning. They're growing. But can you see what they can be? As a youth pastor, I remember uh, Michelle and I served in youth ministry for 10 years in our assignment in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I remember these young, God bless them, uh, pimple-faced teenagers who were 
so insecure that they would try to compensate for their insecurity by making fun of others or trying to deflect or trying to act too cool for school. And they'd sit in the service and just kind of do like this. And then what, in those early years, I thought, well, that kid's just a jerk, man. That kid's just, man, rude and obnoxious. And here I am, the youth pastor, and I'm thinking this about the kids. And, I'm, and then all of a sudden, that kid, one day, a few years later, would say, Hey, pastor, you remember that time that you were preaching about such and such? I'm like, I can't believe you were listening, man. You, you were doing like this. I had one kid in our youth group, and um, very wounded by life and by situations and circumstances, very angry at God. And her parents made her come to church. And she would stand in the back of the youth room because she had to be there because mom and dad said she had to be there. She would literally, while I was preaching the message, every time I would look back at her, she would do this and she would give me the finger all through the message. That girl ended up being a missionary later on because God began to transform her life. Can I just tell you, can you see what can be in somebody's life? Can you see what can be? Or do you just see what currently is? The point is deep relationship calls out something inside of us. Next, I talked about last week that God gave us ears. Healthy relationships hear what's really going on inside someone's life. And what I said last week is that relationship rule number one is nobody wants a relationship with a world-class talker. But all of us want and need relationships with those who are willing to listen. And James 1.19 said it, it says, post this at all the intersections, dear friend, lead with your ears and then follow up with your tongue, right? Like the other translations would be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So do we listen more than we talk? Love listens, friends. Jesus, the creator of the universe, Jesus, the ultimate source of all truth and wisdom, chose to ask questions of us flawed humans and then chose to listen to people in their time of need. So we got God gave us a mind for understanding. He gave us eyes to see, ears to hear. This week, God gave us a mouth. Dear Lord, help us as we go into this. God gave you a mouth to say what you see. If you see what can be, you need to say what you see. And a sign of an unhealthy relationship is when people say what they shouldn't say, right? We know that. People spout off, they get mad, they get angry, they just get volatile. But there's another, if you flip that coin over, there's another problem that unhealthy relationships have. This is another sign is they don't say what they should say. That there are good things, there are godly things. How many times have we had it where we thought a good thought about somebody that we saw? Our, our spouse walks through, or our kid walks through, or our coworker walks through, and we have a thought in our mind that's good, that's positive about them. Something more than just surface, like you look good, or your hair looks nice, or whatever it is. It's, it's more than that. You see something in them, and all of a sudden, they walk by, and, and maybe it's your child, and they are eating breakfast, and you see something in them, and, and they, they leave for school, and you don't say what you see. You're missing the moment with your mouth. The biblical principle is that healthy relationships say what most won't say. Matter of fact, sometimes they say difficult things, but they say it in love. Here it is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, God wants us to, here it is, grow up. Everybody say, grow up. 
<laughs> I want to say turn to your neighbor and say grow up, but I'm not going to do that because it's going to cause more relationship problems. He says he wants you to grow up to know the whole truth, and here it is, and to tell it in love. Now you can turn to your neighbor and say tell it in love. Let's go ahead, tell it in love. Right? Like Christ in everything. Look, I'm not saying, don't misunderstand, I'm not saying you can't be diplomatic and conscientious and kind, right? If a lady in our church, God bless one of you ladies, decides that you want to make me a sandwich and you bring me an anchovy and spam sandwich, look, and I look at you and I say, well, I preached on honesty today, so I just want to say, honestly, Mrs. Gagalot, I just want to tell you, you were trained up in the real hell's kitchen, and this is absolutely disgusting, right? How many know sometimes you can be vague, and that's kind, you know what I'm saying? Look, I can take a bite of the sandwich, throw up, and let that speak for itself. I'm just saying, like, there's ways. No, obviously there's times to be kind and maybe a little bit vague, but that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about when you get, listen, when you get really close to someone, you start to see their flaws more clearly. The closer you get, you notice the blind spots, right? People look good from a distance. They look nice and polished, but let me tell you, behind closed doors, they all have their own issues. If you're human, you got issues. And the closer you get, the more you begin to see and notice. You just notice like, wow, uh, they get angry a lot. <laughs> Man, they struggle a lot with depression. I didn't know that. They're, they're a little more rude to people than I thought. Like they kind of let their mouth get out of control a little bit. They're, wow, they really deal with a lot of insecurity. Think of all the little things that we see as we get just a little closer. It's kind of like they create these specialty mirrors now. And I'm sure they've been around for a long time, but I've seen them more often. Uh, and you might see them if you don't own one. You might see one maybe in a hotel that you've stayed at where there's the regular size mirror. And then there's this other circular mirror. And you put your face up to toward it. And you're like, dear God, is that what I look like? Like, it's just this like magnifying mirror. And that's what happens in the the closeness of relationship is you start to get a little closer, you start to see the flaws and failures and, and, and you go, wow, that person is not what I thought they were. And listen, don't worry, they see you the same way. <laughs> so, right, there, there's imperfections in all of us, right? When we come face to face with the rough spot, we've got a critical decision to make. Are you gonna back off and withdraw or are you gonna draw close and speak truth? This is really important, friends. Listen, and I will say this. It's just very, what I'm about to say is very important once you see the flaw. Is what, if you do say something, do you say it in a palatable way? Do you say it in a way that if you heard that about yourself, you would instantly be receptive? Think about that. Do you make room for the possibility that as you're pointing out their flaws, you may have a few yourself. Like you're not the all-knowing Oz. You might be wrong about the problem you see in them. It may be only a reflection of some of the issues you've got. Jesus knew how to speak the truth in love. Sometimes it stung a little bit, right? Simon Peter was a follower of Jesus. He loved Jesus. Jesus loved him. One day, Jesus was explaining to the closest of his followers, these disciples. He said, this is, there's a time coming very soon where I'm going to be crucified. 
He explained, now they knew what Roman crucifixion looked like. Every time they walked through the eastern gates, they would see criminals literally hanging on a cross. And the reason that they would do that is because they wanted all of society to be afraid of the punishment so they wouldn't do what these criminals had done. And so as they're walking through, they literally see people in agonizing pain being crucified on crosses. So this wasn't some uncommon practice that only happened with Jesus. This was a Roman practice for many criminals who had done uh, these egregious things. So they were very familiar. and, And all of a sudden now Jesus, the Messiah, the healer, the teacher, the one who was perfect in all ways, the one that was going to be the Messiah that they thought, listen, would overtake Rome, would be some courageous warrior that would lead a battle against the Romans and win. Like against all odds, he was going to be a military strategist. What they didn't understand was Jesus' kingdom had nothing to do with Rome. It had everything to do with an eternal kingdom. So Simon Peter, this guy was, as, listen, he, he was one that was just brash. He was quick-tempered. He was verbal often. It was like open mouth, insert foot, Simon Peter. And one day as Jesus is describing this crucifixion that's going to happen to him, Simon Peter answers and says, Jesus, in essence, shut up. Shut up, Jesus. Don't you dare talk like that, Jesus. All my hopes are in the fact that you're going to be a reigning king. And I had my hopes on the fact that if I got close to you, I'd be second in command. I'd be second in charge. Like I would be popular and famous. And I, among all, I would be like a hero of faith. I would be like David of old. Don't talk like that, Jesus. I want you to do it, listen, my way. I want you to do it my way, Jesus. Here's what happens. Jesus responded to him in Mark chapter 8, verse 33. Jesus turned and looked. By the way, let's just stop and say this before I even read this because I really feel like I'm supposed to say this. How often do we judge Simon Peter for the words that he speaks to stop Jesus and to tell him what's what when so often we are guilty of the same thing. Something happens in our life that we don't understand and immediately we go, no Jesus, that's not what I wanted. You do it my way. Can I just remind you what that really means? What you're saying is, I'm God and you're not. You do what I say. I don't do what you say. That's when Job, after having lost so much, said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even when I don't understand, I will still serve you. The three Hebrew children that are about ready to go into the fiery furnace and Nebuchadnezzar had made the gold statue and they chose not to bow. And each one of them said these words, hey, you can throw us in the fire if you want and our God will protect us. However, I love this statement and we all need to have this as believers. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow. We still won't bow 
Friends, don't get so sidetracked in your desire to have what you want and to have the life that you desire that you miss all of the scriptures that talk about the sacrifice of living for eternity and not just for temporary. Too many of us get caught up in that mode and before too long, we are just like Simon Peter that says, "Mm -mm, shut up, God, I want it my way. And often people lose their faith. They won't go back to church. Often I'll talk to people who haven't been in church in years. They've denied Jesus. They've walked away from their faith. And the main reason is because they experienced either one of two things. Either a prayer didn't get answered that they thought should be answered. Or they got hurt by somebody in, in a local church. And can I tell you, neither one of those two things takes God off his throne. Or makes him any less powerful. It simply means we had to deal with a sting of truths. Here's what it said. Let me, keep, let me keep reading. Jesus turned and looked and said to Peter, very sternly. Everybody say very sternly. He says, get away from me, Satan. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not God's. Uh, yo, uh, get away from me, Satan? <laughs> Like, I mean, look, Jesus had vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have used just about any other words. He could have said, get away from me, big mouth. <laughs> get away from me, stupid. Listen, when he said that, Jesus was not name calling. What he saw was that a one that was a follower of his was being used by Satan in his mind to use his mouth to declare something that was not God's plan. And there are times where literally our words can be used not for the Lord and his purpose, but even to be used by the enemy. I'm not saying we are satanic or that somehow, uh, you know, we're in divination or something like that or that we're possessed or oppressed of the devil when we say something wrong. But what I'm saying is the enemy can use those words against others. The same tongue that can bless can also curse get away from me satan here's what's happening jesus knew in that moment that simon peter needed to experience what's called the sting of truth from somebody who loved him the most he needed god's point of view that's what he said you're thinking your own way and and you need to think god's way and that was by the way very important for the for simon peter to get that early on in his his ministry life and especially before jesus went to the cross and was resurrected and ascended the point is that truth can sting sometimes but truth can also be a gift of love when it's given with the right heart and the right motives and the right words truth can force us to evaluate our lives and make us better So let me ask you something. Have you held back the truth in a relationship because you're afraid, right? You're you're afraid you want to be liked or you're afraid of conflict or you want the easy route. But listen, you thought maybe in your mind, somebody else will see it and somebody else will say it. (laughs) Somebody else will tell them. Let me caution you. When speaking the truth in love, be careful that it's in the context of relationship. It's easier to receive something when you know they love you. Amen to that? So let me ask you some questions if you're about ready to have an honest conversation. Have you prayerfully considered what you're going to say and how you'll say it? Have you taken your ego out of the equation? 
right? In other words, is this just an issue that gets on your last nerve, right? Or are you simply talking from your past hurts and your own issues? Look, anybody can be critical, but true honesty and love can be a gift. Matter of fact, I'll say it like this. Honest words can provide surgery for the soul when it's done in love. So are your words helpful or are they hurtful? And I'd say healthy relationships have to include both difficult words. And now let me flip the coin over, as I said, to to be able to say what often isn't said. We also have to have encouraging words, right? Eyes to see what can be and a mouth to say what we see. We need to learn how to speak life. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Encourage each other and build each other up. He's talking about the power of your words that literally we create our world with our words. They have power that when God spoke over the universe, he could have formed and molded with his hands the world, but he chose to speak it. And then he blew his breath into our mouth so that we could have the creativity to say and create with our words. And I've said it many times. You can say, I do in a marriage, or you can say, I'm done in a marriage. And both of them, you create your world with your words. When's the last time you were able to look past someone's obvious flaws and faults to see something inside of them and then say what needed to be said? Parents, when's the last time you looked at your kid and not told them what you wanted them to become, but what you saw in them that they didn't even see in themselves? And to call that out, to literally prophesy over their soul, to speak over who they can be, the thing that they can't see in themselves yet. Those things that they're insecure about or they feel like they're just kind of out, they're an outcast, they're outside of their group or they just don't have what it takes. Some of us parents have ideas of what child rearing will look like and some of us try to live through our own children because we secretly have insecurities that we weren't good at a certain thing or we weren't good enough at a certain thing or we didn't get praised by being a certain way and so we grew up in an environment where you're only loved when you perform. And so now we perceive our children through those eyes of hurt. And now we're trying to do the very same thing. We're perpetuating that very same lie. And now the reason you're so mad at the coach or at the the players on the ball field or whatever is because you're trying to relive your own glory days or you feel like that if I I want them to be able to have this because I didn't have it. And friends, you're trying to mold something that only God the creator can shape. Can you say what you see? Teenagers, college students that are here today, you need to understand something. Your your friends, those that are in your sphere of influence, let me tell you something. They're looking for something. And, And as peers, you have the ability to step out of your own comfort zone to want to be liked and to want somebody to say something good about you. You have the ability literally to see something through the eyes of God that they don't see in themselves and call forth a destiny over them that they don't even know they have. But you have to use both your mind, your eyes, your ears, your mouth to be able to be used by God, to be able to say what you see. I shared this with you uh, probably two years ago or so that there was a moment in my life 
as a teenager where I was in a classroom and I said something nice about a particular student and the teacher said, well, I bet you could say something nice about everybody in this room. And I said, I bet I can. And the reason I really said I bet I can is because I knew that there was a quiz that I had not studied for that day. And maybe if I took up enough time, maybe we wouldn't have the quiz. (laughs) Totally selfish and self-centered in that moment. But the teacher said, well, go ahead. And as a student, I took the challenge and I started out trying to be funny, masking reality in my own life. I I wanted to try to be funny, class clown, do something that would make everybody laugh. And so I, I first commented about the first kid. I said, I like your shoelaces. I was just trying to be just, you know. And then the next student, I said something that was a little more like real. I happen to know that person a little bit better. I'll never forget what happened that day as I began to talk to the next student. And now I said something a little more significant. And I'd say something to the next student. And I I saw two things that day. One is when I began to speak over them things that they didn't see in themselves. Literally tears start to come down their cheeks. The second thing I saw was that the person that was behind them in the desk behind them had eyes of anticipation waiting to have something spoken over them. Who in your life is desperate to hear what you have to say? Who in your life needs to hear something? Friends, we have a lot of jeer leaders in the world, people that are going to knock you down, try to push you down with their thumb. How many of us need cheerleaders and how many of us could be cheerleaders to speak what we see, to call out what could be? Spouses, how many of us take for granted the relationship we have with our own spouse? Where we don't call out what could could be in the sense that we see something deep inside of them. We call out what we want. Like you could be better at doing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? You could be better at this. You could be better at that. If you wanted to be a good spouse, you would do this or you do this. And we've got our laundry list and our checklist. But how often have we looked in their eyes and said, this is what God sees in you. This is what the creator sees. What I see in you is bigger than even who you are today. And I call out the destiny of God that's wrapped up inside of you. I believe that's part of our, not only who we were called to be, but I believe God put that in our DNA. But we just often overlook it, the opportunities. The reality check is at the end of your life, you're not going to be surrounded by your accolades and your possessions. You will be surrounded by people that you spoke life into, that you invested in, that you cared for, that you loved, you spoke over them. And I call out in this house to speak life over those that you see. Jesus modeled this all the time. And I'm going back to Simon Peter as we close, if the worship team would come. Simon Peter, that, you remember that guy I was talking about, the brash, rude, loudmouth, open mouth, insert foot guy? You remember that guy? The guy that barely anybody saw anything good out of this dude? The guy that was literally, when, when he was called by a, a little girl, asked, do you know Jesus? And Jesus was on trial at this point. And, and he, the, the, the apostle who had been so close to him for three and a half years and was so sure that he was going to lead a rebellion against Rome and be second in command and be so powerful next to Jesus. And a little girl asks, don't you know him? And he literally calls down curses 
from heaven, starts cussing. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Here's the guy that literally said, I'll go and I'll die with you. (laughs) And he can't even acknowledge that he knows him. But here's what happened to Simon Peter. He's talking to Jesus and he's brought to Jesus. This goes back to the earliest days of his ministry. Jesus begins the ministry. He starts to choose different ones. And Simon Peter is brought to Jesus by his brother. And when he meets Jesus, Jesus sees something in him and calls out what he sees. Most people think that Simon had a name change to Peter at the end of Jesus' ministry because you can see it in Matthew chapter 22 where the apostle Peter says this declaration when Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? Who does everybody say that I am? And some say you're John, some say you're the prophets of old. And the apostle Peter has a great revelation and says, you're the Christ. You're the son of almighty God. You're Messiah. And Jesus then looks at him and says, you're Peter. And on this rock, Peter means rock, the declaration, not Peter, it's not going to be built on Peter. It's built on the word, the declaration. Peter was imperfect. Peter was flawed, but his words were right. But we assume when we read that, that it was at the end of Jesus' ministry when Peter had shown Jesus how good he could be over three and a half years. That he he knew he could count on him and all these things. Can I tell you, the first day Jesus met Simon Peter, he looks at him in, here it is. In John chapter 1, verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus said, looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John. But I will call you, or you will be called from this day forward, Cephas, or in the English translation would be Peter, which means rock. He looked at him and said, you are the rock. You're like the original Dwayne Johnson, bro. You are the rock. You are the original Rocky Balboa. You are rock. Now think about this. His brother and some of the disciples that knew Simon and all of his flaws and stupidity looked at him and and I'm sure it does it's not written in the Bible, but my own translation looked at Jesus and was like, dude, do you know who you're talking about? (laughs) This dude, you ought to name him Pebbles, bro. Not rock, like pebbles or sandy. You know what I'm saying? Like name him something else. Name him like rocks in your head, guy. Not the rock. Jesus saw something and that name change resulted in a life change and after Jesus was crucified buried rose again on the third day and ascended and the early New Testament church was born guess who God chose to be one of one of the greatest leaders of the early New Testament church was rock the Apostle Peter Friends, I don't know what you see in yourself, but I know what God sees in you because I know what God says about you. You are the apple of his eye. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. 
You're royalty, you're king's kids, you're royal priests, you are a holy nation, a people belonging to God. God has said about you something greater than you even see in yourself. And today, God says what he sees. You're chosen. He chose you to represent him, to do his work, to do his will, and to say what he says. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Lord Jesus, in this room, there may be some that have walked through hardship and difficulty and crisis in their relationships. Maybe they've been hurt and wounded, and because of that, it's affected their opportunities or their their daily assignments to have divine appointments, to be able to speak to people and love people and encourage people and support people. And they've been so self-focused. It's like they're hung up in the ER with such uh, critical pains that they've not been bringing to you that you might heal them. Lord, I pray you would bring us from the surgery table spiritually to the recovery room. That we might be healed of those old wounds. We might forgive where there's a need for forgiveness. And we might once again open up our lives to say what we see. Lord, I pray you'd give us a mouth to speak eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind to be transformed and to understand. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, there may be some in this room or watching online, you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need, to, I need his help. I need the Lord to transform my mind to be more like his. I, I need to be able to see what he sees. I need to be able to hear what he hears. I need to be able to say what he says. Mark, I need help. For some of you in this room, you'd say, Mark, I got sins that I've committed. You don't know what I've done. I've said it over and over. You haven't done enough to keep you from the strong arm of God that can reach down and pull you out. He loves you with an everlasting love. Today, the best decision you could make is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life over every area, over every wound, over every hurt, over every sin. Make Jesus Lord today. And if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, this is a moment between you and God. I'm encouraging you to acknowledge that need before heaven by simply raising up your hand. And as you slip up your hand, you're just acknowledging, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer. I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into this moment of relationship right now, all over this place on the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. That's you today. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. In the balcony, the main floor, under the balcony, God bless you. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes. That's you today. Maybe for you today, it's a need for relationship healing. If that's you, I'm going to ask you and invite you to slip up your hand. I want to pray for you today. If you're in need, you may be a Christian, you may love God, but you just need relationship healing. Come on, put up your hands all over this place. Yes, so many hands lifted. I mean, just, it's almost like every hand. Yeah, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Let me pray a simple prayer over you first about relationships, and then let me lead you in a prayer after that. First of all, let me pray for those watching online and here in the room. Lord Jesus, you see those that are struggling in relationships. You know what needs to be said and what needs to be kept quiet. But Lord, ultimately, what we seek is peace in our relationships. We need healing today. Would you bring healing 
to broken hearts. Would you heal hidden hurts right now in this room in Jesus' name? Give us the mind of Christ and give us right motives that we don't speak out of anger, but we speak to create peace in Jesus' name. Now, in, in this room, what I'd like you to do, everybody in the room, keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, but you, could you repeat this prayer out loud after me, everybody in the room, but especially you who lifted your hands, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up and let's worship the King together? Come on. Let's put your hands together and just celebrate all over this house today. Come on. Worship the King together. Is the highest your name is the great. take a moment, fill out the connect card, bring it with you, and just out the doors to your left, before you get to the main doors, you'll see a big old sign that says guest reception, and we would invite you to be a part of that, to just come in, we won't take up a bunch of your time, we just want to meet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today, you can also connect with us through the technology we've provided, you can get connected to life groups, you can sign up for sisterhood, and the, the conference. You can sign up to be a part of freedom groups or life groups. Listen, friends, we need to do life together. That's why we have freedom groups and life groups. If you need to be, want to be a life group host, you can do that. We invite you to be able to do that. And finally today, I want to speak a special blessing over each and every one of you to believe God to restore 
relationships in the name of Jesus Christ. A relationship with God and a relationship with others because we're called to love God and to love people. Would you just receive this blessing as we go today? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare, you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your spouse, to your children, to your grandkids, to your coworkers, to those that your, your sphere of influence on social media, to those in your classrooms or in your workplace, to the, the people of this city. I I bless you to be a blessing and to speak blessing. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray it all. Amen. Amen. One more time, can you give God praise for today? Hey, we love you. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a Jesus-filled week.